I'm Jennifer Palmer, I'm the host of Online for Authors. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Online for Authors has come under the management of Visibility Pod. Visibility Pod manages the podcast as well as all of the guest and host booking and communication to get the episodes scheduled, up and running, and posted on to various platforms as well as creating all of our wonderful content. I'm currently a visibility strategist with Visibility Pod and offer coaching. Some coaching is offered via live visibility strategy sessions. Take those in and see if working with Visibility Pod, me as a strategist, is a fit for you. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. Hello and welcome. Today, this is David Harder joining us for We Are Calgary and Online for Authors. And David is the director of Callus Presents, a psychedelic research conference that's going to be happening May 20th to the 22nd. David, you're joining us today because there's so many things going on, but there's another company too, Atma, which is you are co-founder and CEO of, and it's a Calgary-based company, Atma Journey Centers. Correct. Right. Correct. So Catalyst Presents has 80 plus speakers coming Mm -hmm. May 20th to the 22nd, Queen's University Grant Hall in Kingston, Ontario. How did you, like, this is a psychedelic conference. How did you get involved in psychedelics? Yeah. um, It's been a long journey from working in churches and being in Bible colleges to understanding the healing power of these alternative medicines that are actually centuries old. They're not new, but they're making a resurgence now in uh, mental health and addictions and different, different ways of, of applying them. So about six, seven years ago, I started to discover what was happening with psychedelics and research and about not far long after we discovered them, we started meeting other people in Calgary and looking at what can we do to move this down the field. And one thing that's not illegal with these is talking about it. So we decided <laughs> to start this conference and uh, start to educate and destigmatize uh, what these medicines are and how powerful they can be. Well, I understand that you're bringing together key stakeholders of, uh, you know, the Canadian psychedelic community, including uh clinicians, therapists, mental health practitioners, scientists, academic researchers, Canadian and international policymakers, business industry leaders, you know, consumers of psychedelic medicine and supporters. So what would we want to highlight there? I think the biggest thing now, because we started this three years ago, which we all know what happened in 2020 in March. So by May, we were full lockdown. So we did it virtually. Uh, online. And then the next year, 2021, again, same thing. We were planning to go live and we did it online. So this is the first year we're actually live in person. And the reason we chose Kingston and what I feel is really important is that we're getting huge strides with Health Canada and the government in changing the policy and the regulations around these. So they're no longer seen the same way. Even when we started this three years ago, there was so much stigma around this field. And now it's like everybody's talking about it. Not that it's widely accepted in the medical community, but it's getting more and more broadly accepted to the point where this conference is a, it's a collection of doctors and nurses and therapists and regulatory people that are making changes all around the world. Um, There's no longer the kind of stigma even three years ago when we ran this in 2020. So that's a huge leap for the, for the industry. 
Well, I'd say we've known each other for a little while. And uh, I remember, you know, your dedication to service of others and that you have a master's in religious studies and, you know, that there's, um, you know, you did a bit as a college professor and, you know, international humanitarian relief worker. And I can tell you when we first met, uh, psychedelics was not something I heard come off your lips. (laughs) No. You know, so it's uh, when we were catching up here recently and, and you'd mentioned, uh, you know, some of the things that were going on and knew about Catalyst in the beginning. I, I mean, because we've stayed in touch, you've shared that with me along the way. But uh, finding out more about what's going on and the advancements, it's it's fascinating, the advancements that have been made in in the short time. Yeah, it really is. Um, like I said, three years ago, our discussions were very much about um, some of the research that was being done. But now the, the things that are happening, even in Canada, the trials and the companies that have been have been launched, uh, growing um, mushrooms and labs that are creating MDMA and LSD. And right here in Calgary, there's a huge lab, SciGen Labs is creating all these chemicals and medicines for the future. Uh, some trials that are happening now it's being used for, but everything is gearing up with a big expectation that this is going to be a widespread use medicine. Um, probably within the next two, three years, we're going to see a full acceptance of this. Um, right now, it's still in that transition phase, but it's transitioning. It's not, we would like to see a transition like three years ago. So your passion and dedication in this area of bringing psychedelic-assisted therapy to Canadians has been really the the last five years. You've really Mm -hmm. been heavy into, uh, you know, (laughs) making some headway and and getting into what the trials are all about. And and I understand, too, that there's a success that you can speak of that's pretty prominent with regards to, you know, just the direction it's been heading in your involvement. Yeah, with Atma, with the the clinic here in town that we work with out of the office, we've been able to help 21 people now with uh, Section 56 exemptions, which is the kind of the one of the only ways that the government is allowing these to be used, and that's for palliative care. Uh, so we're actually seeing them legally being implemented in therapy for end of life distress. But we all know people that are have struggles with depression, especially coming out of COVID, anxiety addictions it's really widespread and so we know that this these medicines can be very effective through the trials and through the studies that has been done is it's not will they work we know they work it's just Uh a matter of getting them more widespread access for people so but personally like one of the successes that uh, is mentioned i mean it's even part of your bio is that the, one of canada's first modern legal exemptions in psychedelic assisted work you happen to be a part of mm-hmm. alberta's yeah. first we weren't the very first in canada but we were right up there uh barking at the health canada to let us use these and uh yeah we a year and a half ago we did our first application and that was 2021 was when the first ones were actually uh, put through. And since then, now there's been dozens in Canada, but not hundreds. Like it's not a, a widespread thing still. Like we're 20 of about 100 people that have actually been able to legally access psilocybin. Okay. So, yeah, it's been very rewarding to be part of that movement. So I understand the conference itself, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it has 
80 plus speakers, very notable speakers. Uh, you know, if you want to mention a few of those, that would be wonderful. Yeah, like Jane Philpott, our former health minister, is going to give an address. We have a couple senators that are coming. Um, there's some Health Canada representatives doing a panel about uh, the movement that's happening. Uh, Paul Stamets, he's a pretty well-known name in the world of mycology and mushrooms and magic mushrooms and in functional medicine or uh, food mushrooms. And yeah. he's done a lot of work with, um, he's done a big movie, uh, Fantastic Fungi. It's an incredible movie. If you haven't seen that, he was featured in there. <clears throat> um, some UK uh, politicians coming over. There's a couple of people from Australia going to be presenting. Quite a few from the US. Some of the early researchers that have been doing this for 25, 30 years before it was illegal. And then they've been working all the way through the prohibition era of psychedelics and, um, like Dr. Anthony Bossas, um, yeah, just a huge lineup of doctors and researchers uh, in that that side of it is just going to be really strong. I think the notable thing too is that Health Canada is going to be part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a big move. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, we were just talking to one of the senators from BC this morning, and just about how when you hear a senator who's like 75 years old that is just passionate about getting this medicine legalized, uh, this isn't something just from, you know, a few folks in BC mountains, a bunch of hippies doing this, trying to make it legal. This is a widespread movement that has become legitimate uh, across the board. Like it's really uh, doctors and nurses and um yeah, professionals that are looking at this from a very scientific point of view, saying, how do we do this really effectively? Uh, it's not just go trip and see what happens. It's protocols and understanding what's happening in the brain and the fMRI studies that are being done, the scans, uh, and seeing how these things work, not just experientially, but also from a science and, and research point of view. Um, it is very fascinating. So a lot of people are not going to really understand what this is all about. What are psychedelics? So the classic psychedelics are LSD, magic mushrooms, or psilocybin is what they talk about now, which is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. And um, DMT, those are three of the biggest classic psychedelics. And lumped into that now, people talk about psychedelics, and they also refer to ketamine and MDMA, which aren't truly psychedelic, but they're kind of in the same ballpark of of medicinal medicinal treatment. And what they do is when you take a psychedelic in a treatment protocol with a therapist, that is mostly what we're discussing at the conference, it helps reframe what it is that you're struggling with. It lets you look at your life from a different point of view and actually step back from the story that you hold on to so much about your depression or about anxiety or about PTSD or the addictions lets you reframe that and helps the therapist be able to work through that with you and be able to overcome those things that often people say one, four hour, six hour trip uh, in the, the right protocol can be like 10 years of therapy where you're able to break things down in such a fantastic way. And it's never the same for two different people but it really works with your psyche and spirit to help change the story of your trauma, whatever that is. Yeah. So Atma, uh, the naming of the journey center is probably quite uh, profound with 
profoundly related to what you've just mentioned. I mean, mm-hmm. when I look up the word, I understand that it's, uh, it's got an Indian philosophy around it. Do you want to share what that's about? Yeah, we chose the word because of that that very feature. It's spirit or coming back to to source, basically. And so we, we don't see it as a religious thing, but it's very much a spiritual journey that you go on with psychedelics. And we don't want to just become so medicalized and so technical about this is what's happening in your brain that we lose sight of the fact that this is also a spiritual experience that you're doing when you enter into a psychedelic therapy protocol. So it's really a a reframing of your look at life, which is often what is causing us to have depression, anxiety, and these other ailments that bother us and keep us down. Uh, if we can look at life from a better perspective, then often things will change externally because we inside, outside, same. Uh, when I, I really smiled when I looked up what the um, Sanskrit is, I don't even know if I'm saying that Sanskrit, right. Sanskrit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it said like soul, self, consciousness, spirit, mm-hmm. breath of life to breathe. And it's like mm-hmm. all, all of those are very, wow, <laughs> releasing, you know, feelings. Like, you know, when I, I'm reading the words, it's just fun. It sounds very freeing. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't had the personal experience of psychedelics, so I cannot speak from any personal experience, but I, I, I'm being around you enough to have some conversation and other people who have had experiences. You could probably share some of the, the common, common experience traits, feelings, effects that mm-hmm. you've heard of. Yeah, I think heart opening is one of the big ones. It just allows you to, especially MDMA, which again isn't classic psychedelic, but when you do MDMA, um, there's such a removal of judgment of self and others and also removal of filter. So you speak whatever's it, it just comes out, which can be scary for some people. <laughs> not be good for me at all. <laughs> you want to be with the right people when you do these things. So let's so explain what MDMA stands for. Oh, brother. Um, I, I'm not even going to try to say the word. It's a long scientific word. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is it? Like, essentially, what is it? MDMA is uh, it's an intactogen, they call it, empathogen. Mm-hmm. It, it helps you. Um, it actually releases serotonin in your brain. So that's the, the mechanism that's happening. So the serotonin rush, it's just that feel-good um chemical that we're, we're naturally born with serotonin and different things will release serotonin when we have a happy moment or something's just laugh or uh, these things cause serotonin naturally to be released into the receptors in our brain. And what MDMA does is it floods the brain with the serotonin we have in our bodies. And it allows us to really tune into that heart center and that um, pure love. It just really opens up your heart to feel love for self and also for others and be able to communicate even in couples therapy they're starting to use it in in different studies and how couples can come together and be able to communicate much more freely and openly and not have the judgment that typically they will have when they get into some of the deeper (laughs) issues that they get into Uh, so it's been used in a number of ways Uh, ptsd is what the map studies have been using it with in the u.s uh, and internationally, and finding great success because, again, it's able to go back to that root trauma and re- 
revisit that and see it for what it is. It doesn't justify it, doesn't make it right, but it allows the people that are struggling with that core trauma to move past it and to look at the future instead of constantly looking back at the trauma that happened to them. Yeah. So those so are some I, of the things. Yeah, so those are some of what? I'm sorry? Those are just some, like there's so many stories. I mean, visually it changes your your view on life, literally. Things take on different colors and shapes and there's a, a whole hallucinogenic uh, process that can happen for some people, not everyone, but usually. Uh, different uh, medicines like ayahuasca, which is a DMT-based uh, traditional medicine out of the Amazonian jungle, is very visual, typically, and also very healing for addictions. Or I've heard people with migraine headaches coming back and they were gone. Um, mm-hmm. And still, we don't know all the reasons why these things are happening. We don't know, is it strictly a chemical thing? Or is it because we're free reframing our mindset, we're able to look at life differently? And some of these physical ailments that we, we know they're physical, they're real, but they disappear because we're fixing what's deeply inside of us. So a lot of that, we're still so much study to be done that um, this is why we need them legalized so we can fully openly study them without having to go through trials for everything. Now, I understand part of the obstacle is there are not only clinical trials, but there's a part of this is that, the, that it crosses the blood barrier, that there's there's some problems around that. Is like, what is the challenge there? I'm not quite sure what you mean. It crosses the what? Doesn't it cross the blood-brain barrier or the there's another barrier to the brain that protects the brain and yes. there's certain things that cross that and there's not very many because mm-hmm. the, the body protects us from things coming in uh, mm-hmm. with that barrier. But w- what is it about that? Do you know? Do you know? Well, uh, yeah, different things. Ayahuasca, for example, they have to mix two different plants together basically because mm-hmm. if you just eat the chemically active plant with DMT in it, your body just flushes it through. Like you say, it, it blocks it from getting in the brain. But uh, if you take it, um, you can smoke DMT. You can take it different ways. I've heard people actually trying to do IV DMT for hours of DMT trips, which is intense. Um, but yeah, it's for that purpose. Because if you just ingest it uh, through your stomach, it will it will block it from going through the brain, to the brain. Okay, so psilocybin DM- is different. Psilocybin actually breaks down to psilocin in your stomach, and that's what crosses a blood-brain barrier. Um, so there's there's more and more ways of getting the effects of these medicines. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Our body has a way of, of protecting us from most of it, except yeah. there's cases in nature all over the place of animals and humans consuming these things for spiritual awakening. So it's not something we've just figured out. It's been around forever. So DMT, what does DMT stand for? <laughs> dimethyltryptamine. Sorry. Another long, dimethyltryptamine is another big long word. Um, so there's two different kinds. One is actually milked from a frog, secreted from frog glands, a Sonoran that desert doesn't frog. Sound, <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't yeah. sound like something I want to eat. <laughs> no, you smoke it. Um, <laughs> okay, even I don't want to consume it. Blah. doesn't sound edible. And the other one's a chemical that's found in almost every plant. There's okay. trace elements of DMT in almost every living plant in the world. Oh. Uh, some are very, very minuscule, and some have a lot more, which are the ones that you actually harvest and, and create the crystals from. 
So SSRIs, when they treat depression, I mean, a lot of the the treatment for depression starts with uh, prescribing SSRIs. And um, is that not serotonin-based? It's a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. What happens in your brain is they attach to to the neurons, to the receptors, and the SSRIs kind of keep them there longer. So it's trying to use a mechanism to uh, add more serotonin effect, which is the feel-good chemical, mm-hmm. uh, to our bodies. The problem is that we're finding is that mostly the SSRIs and SNRI, in effect, are suppressive. So they they lower our whole mood, everything, and allow people to cope. And there's often cases where people have been pulled away from a cliff by using SSRIs or SNRIs. Uh, it's very similar. But they don't treat the root problem. They don't get to why are you depressed? And instead, they just numb it out. And so sometimes that's what's needed. Sometimes we just need to be numbed out so we can get past a, a really dark moment. But they're addictive. And usually when people go on them, they're on them for life. It's almost like a palliative care treatment. Mm. And so people get addicted to these drugs and they keep having to up the dose because they're no longer effective and then they can't sleep so they take a sleeping pill and that doesn't work with something else so they take something else and then they get headaches and it just cascades to where people are taking handfuls of pills every day and they're not ever dealing with the root problem because these pills don't and the doctors have a 10-minute doctor appointment give you a prescription and out the door you go and that's not every doctor i'm not saying the whole system but generally that is how it works And so this whole industry is a very disruptive industry in case, in the sense that it, we're actually trying to treat, not put a bandaid on cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) there's some things to be very careful about too, that I just want to bring up because we do talk about the fact that not only is the summit coming and it's wonderful. And if you can take it in both live or online, there's options there for buying tickets uh, because there's both, both the options live and virtual. Um, but also with Atma and the journey center here in Calgary, uh, you just don't want to go get this stuff and, and take a journey on your own. So let's talk about that part. Let's talk about the risks around, uh, you know, not having professionals help you with this because maybe you're taking illegal drugs or maybe you are taking prescriptions or let's talk about that kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. It's a um, great question. Great, great topic. Uh, just in Calgary, there's been cases of people, dying suicide different things because they went cold turkey off of their ssris and you don't just oh i'm going to do a psychedelic trip so i'm going to stop my ssris for six weeks which is what you need to do in order to actually have the effect and sometimes it can cause some some uh contraindications between the two different drugs although the more studies they do the more they're finding they're not dangerous they just block these psychedelics from working so you're basically not having any effect but um I, my personal opinion, and there's a number of opinions in at Catalyst, there'll be a number of opinions presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, some saying we should just decriminalize it like marijuana and just let it be openly sold on the market. And I feel like it's much too powerful a thing just to let anybody grab five grams of mushrooms and go do a trip on their own because you can literally have your psyche taken apart. I just talked to a guy just this weekend who did a very deep journey and he had support, so he was able to process through it. But he said for six six months after, 
he was dealing with the, the, the effects of that one journey that he did. And it totally took his life apart. And he was able, and it was a good thing in the end because he put it back together and was able to see what it was that was blocking him from success. But these are not things like, it's not marijuana. It's not cannabis 2.0. It's not just a, a recreational alternative to alcohol. Um, a lot of people use them recreationally. And, you know, there's, that's lots of opinions on that, um, especially MDMA and the clubs. We've all heard the stories. Uh, but again, the stories of people dying with MDMA, it's because they were treating them really, really poorly. They weren't tr- treating their bodies properly. They were mm-hmm. dancing for hours and hours. And MDMA also blocks <laughs> your body's fainting response. So when you overheat, normally you faint. And with MDMA, you just keep dancing because you feel so good and it doesn't stop. And then your heart goes up into overdrive and then people have died. Well, so, yeah, spikes, you know, yeah. like <laughs> that's the combination is, I, I, yeah, I've heard of MDMA. I've heard of ayahuasca. I've heard of LSD, well, mushrooms. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you heard of all of these things, but, you know, from the point of view of never experiencing them, how do you know if somebody is actually a candidate for psychedelics or they should actually consider giving it a try? I think the biggest thing is what's your support system? Not necessarily having a psychologist per se, but what is your support system to help you deal with whatever comes up? Um like you say, somebody just grabbing five grams of mushrooms on their own and doing it. There's lots of stories of people really being helped that way. So I won't discount it. Mm-hmm. But somebody's going to go out and just try psychedelics because they're hearing it's helping with PTSD, for example. Uh, talk to people. Find there's lots of people now that know what they're talking about with these medicines. In every city, in every uh, in Canada, U.S., you, you're hard-pressed to find a city that doesn't have a psychedelic society or doctors now that are working on this, or universities that are doing research, like talk to people that know what they're doing. Um, yeah, it's not it's not to be trifled with. Um, unfortunately, it's becoming very very easy to get online. You just go online and type in magic mushrooms. You're going to find dozens of shops now that are selling them illegally. Uh, so I feel like that's one of our big arguments with Health Canada is accessibility is now here. We need to deal with this in a way that is good, that will help people and not continue to push people underground to where they're going to find this because people are so desperate for help and they're hearing that this works. So why wouldn't they go try it? But I would encourage anybody listening to this, if you're going to try it, make sure you talk to people. And there are lots of people you can talk to. So, and resources on the websites, like Catalyst Presents is catalystpresents.ca. I'm sure you've got resources there, not for profit, right? So um, definitely want to be helping anybody out there that's interested in the possibility of, you know, a psychedelic journey or even actually just the, what is it all about? What are their... What are the laws? What are the policies? Where? What can they do? What can't they do illegally? Legally? Um, at myjourney.com. Uh, okay. Are they also a not-for-profit? No, this is a for-profit company. Okay. Our big focus in Atma actually is education, where we're training therapists on how to use these. Okay. So we have an introductory tra- training program, and we've just applied for a Health Canada uh clinical trial for therapists to actually experience psychedelics. 
so that part of their training will be actually experiencing what it's like to be in a trip and what it's like to hold space for somebody else in a trip and talk about that. And and basically, it's a coaching program on helping people learn how to do these properly. Because um, little things like you don't sit there and have, you know, four hours of talking with the client when they're on mushrooms. It's a very much an inner journey. In fact, we encourage people wear eye shades and put headphones on and, and just go inward for those four hours. And afterwards, you process which is counterintuitive to every therapist's training that you've ever done in that you do talk therapy or you do somatic therapy or there's something you're engaging in um, conversation or communication with the client, whereas mm-hmm. this is very much you're there to hold the space or just to be present and be in loving presence for that person, whatever they need. So it's a very different kind of model. So they still call it a trip. <laughs> yeah. Mostly it's called journeys now, but... <laughs> It's it's hung on. It's still a trip. Well, some of the big things are that you definitely don't want to be doing this and then getting in a car or, um, you know, maybe being in large crowds or, you know, things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And not not everybody would know that kind of thing. Yeah, I've heard people take them and go for walks in the woods and it's beautiful, but then they run across a bear. <laughs> and then Panic sets in and they don't have the capacity because you're high on this altered state that's hard to uh, regulate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I know um, Catalyst has their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter accounts, and there's some hashtags there that people can follow. Is is that the same for Atma as well? Yep. Yeah, you can look us up. It's all there on atmajourney.com. All right. So we want to be going – we'll be in the show notes – uh, there will be links to Eventbrite, and so people can get tickets to the conference if they'd like. We'll share the websites uh, so that there's information with regards, uh, you know, links to the website so you can get more information if you'd like to in the social media accounts. And, uh, you know, just get the information out there and hopefully Anybody who's looking, needing something will be connected with you so that they have the tools that they need to make decisions, informative, informed decisions. Uh, yeah. And I would say, too, as therapists, if you're looking to add this to your practice, I highly encourage you to check out the training program. It's, uh, it is coming, and people are probably asking you, if you're a therapist, asking you if you have access to psychedelic therapy, because I've heard so many therapists that have never talked about it. Uh, saying I've got clients coming now asking for it, so it's it's going to come coming to your office if you haven't already experienced that that question. So get informed. <laughs> so therapists, when you say therapist, are we talking about um, psychologists and psychiatrists or or yeah, counselors? counselors? Right across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even church workers. Uh, they just did a study with a bunch of religious leaders in the U.S. They're releasing the data in a couple months. Um, it was like the Good Friday experiment back in the 70s. They redid it with a bunch of religious leaders from across the board, uh, Protestant, Catholic, uh, Jewish, a whole bunch of religious leaders. So I'm really curious to see what that's going to turn out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tool of, of helping people get in touch with their spirit. So how much practical use could that be even for churches or for people trying to tap into spirit and figure out what their life is supposed to be about? So have these been likened at all to like sweat lodges or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's often combined with sweat lodges in traditional ceremony. 
There's even churches, um, peyote churches in Canada, uh, First Nations, that do peyote and sweat lodge, not at the same time typically, but I've heard that's happened too. Uh, but it depends on traditions. They often sit in, in sweat and then they'll do ceremonies with medicine. Okay. So this is this fantastic information to share. Uh, we'll get it out there. Is there anything else burning that you'd absolutely like to share that maybe we didn't talk about? No, that's, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a panacea. It's not something that's going to fix the world and everything is going to be right again. But I do believe it's a tool that can really make a difference, especially coming out of this COVID pent up uh, reclusive life we've been living for two years. And there's a lot of people really hurting. And I believe these have the potential to make a big difference in a lot of cases. Okay. Catalyst Summit 2022, May 20th to the 22nd. Get your live or virtual tickets. Thank you, David, for spending you time you. with us today. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To get notifications of new releases, subscribe. You can also like, follow, download, and share. If you've enjoyed this, your friends will too.